You're listening to Season 4, Episode Number 10 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Dr. Steve Leston, the President and CEO of To Every Tribe. In our discussion today, we discuss his mission agency, a mission agency that exists to extend the worship of Christ among all peoples by mobilizing the church, training disciple-makers, and sending missionary teams to plant churches among the unreached. I think you'll enjoy this episode. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist Dr. J.D. Penn. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the things that I love to talk about on Strike the Match is issues related to global disciple-making, cross-cultural church planting. And often I get a chance to, to sit down and talk with some kindred spirits, and the guest that's on our show today is most definitely a kindred spirit. He's a brother that I have, uh, I've gotten to know and, uh, and love. Uh, he is the president and CEO of To Every Tribe. His name is Steve Leston. And I got a chance to spend some time with Steve and some of the uh, missionaries in their uh, training uh, center just recently. And so uh, today I want to introduce you to to every tribe and to Steve and to what they're doing uh, throughout the world. And so Steve, I just want to say to you, thank you so much for coming on the program. Welcome to Strike the Match. Thank you, JD. It really is an honor to be here. And I appreciate the time, brother. So you uh, are president CEO of To Every Tribe, but before that time, you uh, were you served as the director of the Center for Pioneer Church Planting uh, with uh, the organization. You have been a pastor in different churches. You have been an adjunct instructor, uh, author of three books: uh, Layman's Bible Commentary, Bible in World History, and the Illustrated Guide to Bible Battles. Man, you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when you start serving God, you just you know, when you go all in, God puts you all in. <laughs> <laughs> you have got a lot of a lot of different tools in your toolbox, man. Well, hey, I, you know, as I was getting ready for our um, our recording, uh, I was just reflecting on our, our time there in uh, in South Texas just just recently. Uh, so I'm assuming that it's okay to tell of your location on this recording. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 tell us tell us where you're headquartered. Tell us where your training takes place. Okay. So we are located in uh, Los Fresnos, Texas, which is uh, nine miles from the border of Mexico. It is way down there. It is, yeah. We are as far south as you can get. And uh, yeah, it's it's really more North Mexico than South Texas. Well, I know that uh, I, I love being with you all and seeing uh, what you're doing. And obviously, want to get into talking about your training uh, and uh, agency in just a second. But but let, let's begin by by hearing a little bit about you. You know, I, I gave just a just a quick overview of some of your titles and, and a little bit of your experience. But but tell tell us about yourself. Yeah. So you know, as, as you reference right now, I serve as in this role at To Every Tribe, and and in many ways that has been the. Um, this, this seems to be where, where the Lord has been creating a crescendo for me. Um, I, I had a real passion for ministry when I was uh, in high school. And in that process of trying to understand that passion, it didn't fit some of the more traditional paths. So, so I had this desire for, for movement, some kind of movement to see the church move. And it wasn't like internal angst movement, like we need better music or better this or better that. It was more of this idea of advancement. 
And, uh, and, and, but yet as a young guy, I really couldn't put a lot of words around that. I would try to talk to people about it and they wouldn't necessarily, uh, get that. And cause I couldn't even understand it. And, uh, I spent a little bit of time in the military. And then when I got out of the military, there was this strong passion of mind, uh, to do two things, to be a part of the advancement of the church. And to, at that point, as a young guy, my real early twenties, find somebody to mentor me. And so I found an incredible pastor who poured a lot into me. And in that process, um, started a journey of growing, uh, from collecting what I call collecting ministry data, encouraged me to keep a journal, to do a variety of different things, do every ministry you can possibly do. So I've been involved in pastoring, youth pastoring, you know, college ministry. I've been involved with global missions, planting churches, uh, going over, doing church planting in Europe, Northwest Ontario, different places, and and just keeping a full kind of card, but along the way, keeping a journal so that I could grow in in my understanding of what happened. And then to the challenge when I was 22 was create transferable concepts to everything that the, that every experience the Lord brought you through. So that when, so you, at, at 22, you're already thinking about that. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So my early journals have every experience. And then the challenge was a transferable concept. What is something you can give away? Mm-hmm. Because the challenge of this pastor was everything you learn, you have to give away. Hmm. And so this has kind of led a quest to eventually uh, a desire, now that I'm in my early 50s, to say, hey, I now want to be in a place where I can just give that away, mentor people who want to go plant churches. Mm-hmm. And to take the past 30 years or so and kind of say, hey, now I just want to give it away. Uh, and and so I kind of say I kind of went from Timothy to Paul and, yeah. uh, and, and just tried to get mentors and then to, to get to a point where I can. I can give that away to others. And so being here in this mission agency just really allows for that for me to take missionaries and people who want to be missionaries and say, hey, let me kind of come alongside you and just give you what I've learned for the past 30 years hmm. and, and, and give you these transferable concepts from every experience that I've had. That, that is so encouraging to hear that because, you know, a lot, a lot of folks, I think, come to that point, but it's after a long journey with, with the Lord and in ministry that, that they then begin to think about multiplication and keeping things simple and highly reproducible. And they, they then later discover, you know, uh, 2 Timothy, Paul's letter to, uh, to Timothy, where he talks about passing on, you know, to other men who, you know, teach others. Uh, it's only later in life that they think about saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But man, you, you've had a whole life of ministry that 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 concept uh, has been honed in you. And so, so man, praise God. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I praise God for that pastor. He was a, he, he, he died young, but he, he had a, an understanding of the fact that, that the gospel is a baton and, and, and he's passing it to me, but he's passing it to me so that I won't keep it, mm. but that I will pass it to someone else. How, the power of a of, of a pastor that is that is fantastic. Yeah. Amen. So hey, let's 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 talk a little bit about to every tribe. So I, I love the mission statement. To every tribe exists. You all that are listening, check this out. To every tribe exists. Or we ex- sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to put punctuation where it's not written in your mission statement. I've been in class all day, man, correcting students' <laughs> uh, grammar. So to every tribe exists to extend the worship of Christ among all peoples 
by mobilizing the church, training disciple makers, and sending missionary teams to plant churches among the unreached. Tell us, tell us about that organization behind that mission statement. Yeah, so that mission statement drives everything we do. I mean, that, it, it drives every thought, every staff meeting, every piece. So what our passion is, first of all, is that we, we believe as a mission agency, it is about Christ. It is about bringing Christ to the nations. It is about mm. declaring the gospel, declaring Christ as Lord of heaven and earth, and, and bringing that message. Because we believe, as Ephesians 1.10 says, that God's summing up all things in Christ. Mm-hmm. So as an organization, you know, as we plan, prep, as we talk about things, we, we always kind of, we have to ask ourselves, is this going to help us see Christ worship among the nations? Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody were to come alongside and say, hey, we got this, this opportunity for you over here, you, you know, first question we're going to ask is, hey, is this going to aid us in seeing Christ worship among the, yeah. the nations? And if yeah. the answer is no, it might be a good thing, but it's not for us. Right. And, uh, and, but then we realized as an organization that how do you see Christ worshiped among the nations? Well, first of all, the church is the bride of Christ. And, and the church is what Christ is establishing. And so we have to make our first statement about the church. We, we mm-hmm. can't make it about anything other than the church at this point, right. because this is what Christ is establishing. And so we're going to start with the church that is, mm-hmm. right? To, to move towards seeing churches emerge, you know, church the church to come, so to speak. And so what is, well, we have the local church now. Well, what we want to do, and, and kind of our insider language, the way I word it, is I say, I just want to help local churches increase their missional footprint. You, you know, because yeah. the, the Great Commission isn't first Jerusalem, then Judea, then, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's ands, right? It's, right, yeah. It's, it's, one, it's all of them. you got to think the whole, the whole package. And so we want to come alongside the local churches, and, and we've got a variety of ways we do that. We have a magazine called Ekbalo. We've got conferences, seminars, workshops, all kinds of things to help you identify leaders. We've got training materials that churches can use to, to equip people um, in, in the training process. We've, we've got tools for the local church to say, we want to help you uh, not only be on mission in the church, but to identify those who should be sent. Mm-hmm. And then when they are, when you do identify them, we want to partner with you to train them. Yeah. I, I love the ecclesiocentric focus. In other words, you you are seeing the importance of the bride of Christ rather than kind of being lone rangers out here doing your own thing. Right, exactly. Because, right, Christ is building his church. He's, mm-hmm. yeah. So training disciple makers and sending missionary teams to the unreached. Yeah. So one of the things you, you realize is that, you know, when you're doing ministry in this kind of component with the unreached, it, it, it generally involves crossing a culture. So that adds a piece to the church planting component. So when I was involved in church planting in the Midwest, that was my culture. So my instincts worked, so to speak. You know, I knew how to talk to people. I knew how to, you know, have a conversation at a coffee shop with somebody. It, it, you know, I didn't have to sit down and, and figure that stuff out. But just because I did that in the U.S. doesn't necessarily mean I can do that in another country where I have to cross the culture. So our idea of training disciple makers is to say, listen, we're going to disciple you, but we're going to add a piece to this. We're going to show you the added piece of how do you cross a culture so that you can be faithful to the message of the gospel, 
and not water it down, not not get caught up in, in other things that you can get caught up in missions, but to be faithful with the gospel. And, and, and the way I like to say it is, we want you to be faithful to the gospel, fruitful in your work, and endure in a new culture. Hmm. I like that. And, and that enduring part, or component is very, very critical. Yeah. And so part one, so it's a, we have a, a two-year onboarding process where people come and serve as missionaries in northern Mexico, and we train you there. Mm-hmm. I'm actively hands-on involved with training you, so is our training staff, and, 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 and as well as our adjunct instructors um, that are involved. And what we're trying to do is, is, is teach you how to cross the culture, teach you how to be faithful to the gospel, fruitful in your work, but also endure the culture shock. Mm-hmm. You know, as you well know, the missionary attrition rates are pretty high, yeah. and uh, and so we don't want to see you burn out. So, so let let's let's talk about the uh, that that the training that you that you mentioned there, because a part of your your distinctives uh, as an organization is this aspect of pre field training, and and I mean it. I, I know that other organizations are doing things that are out there, but this is one of the most uh, comprehensive. Uh, methodical in a good way uh training that that i that i have seen that exists uh, that that is out there so so tell us what this training looks like and uh this isn't is this is not a a, a two-week course you're we're talking about a couple of years right correct correct so you come in and it's a two-year process and uh and and here's here's the the process basically has three legs to it um, one particular leg is is instruction. You you get formal instruction in ch- how to plant a church, formal instruction in how to teach the Bible to people who don't know how to read, formal instruction in 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 how to do apologetics, how to understand cultures, all all those kinds of things. Missionary training, what you would expect to be involved in missionary training. The second leg of it, though, is our field training. You're also assigned a village in northern Mexico. And in that village, you will serve on a team. And in that team, we will give you assignments and things to do to show you how to plant a church. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're serving on this team for that two-year period where you are actually doing work in this place. And the work we're doing is real work. These aren't manufactured you know, assignments. You are in a village. You are in a very dangerous part of the world. Um, and, and in fact, a part of the world that, you know, it, it's dangerous. And mm-hmm. I, I can't give you names and locations because of the danger that's involved. And we're teaching you, though, how to navigate that danger. Uh, we actually have training on on site that actually teaches you how to deal with uh, the cartel, teaching you how to deal with the government, teaching you how to deal with what happens if you get kidnapped, teaching you how to process a situation that involves guns and, and different things like that. And throughout the two-year process, our missionaries sometimes brush up against that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're there, we have trainers there and, and, and nationals there that guide you. And we show you how to do it. And at the end of that field training, you not only have two years of experience of church planning in a, in a really difficult part of the world, we also give you a little bit of a security rating, kind of, you know, how, how far should you go? How comfortable do we feel yeah. in sending you to, to dangerous places and to make sure that you've got the wisdom there? And then the third part of it is mentorship. We've got a variety of different mentors, mentorship processes where we come alongside and help you. We help, we help your children. We do some children's training, preparing your children to cross cultures, preparing wives to, to understand how to navigate the home and, 
and elements that go on in some of the places you go. We've got training and homeschooling. Because some places there are no schools that you're going to have to go to. Um, so we're basically trying to set the table, think through what you're going to go through mm-hmm. and give you everything you need while you're doing it instead of just taking you to some camp somewhere for a couple of years and just having you be more in a school. Yeah. This is this is hands-on mentorship in in a very real situation. So so what what the the people are getting they they are they're getting theological they're getting missiological, but it's all driven toward the practical component of training. You're mentoring them, you're coaching them, you're supervising them. It's it's real life. It's not it's not a mock setup, and and you're assessing them at the same time, uh, so that. You, you can help them understand who they are, how they're shaped in Christ for when they, they leave to go to wherever the Lord's calling them. A- am I summing that up correctly? Absolutely. Yep. That's a, exactly it. Because I want everybody to go. I, you know, I want you to know how to cross culture. I want you to know how to be faithful to the gospel, to mm-hmm. be able to proclaim it, to understand mm-hmm. it, to handle the attacks that will come against it. And so we want to prepare you for that. But I want you to be fruitful in your work. I want you to know what you're going to do when you mm-hmm. get there, that you understand you have a strategy, you have so, a plan. So do you have people that uh, they come to you, they say, uh, uh, Steve, we, we're, you know, the Lord is calling us to, to Central Asia. We're excited about this. You say, great. They start the training process, and three months in, they say, maybe we don't need to go to Central Asia. Do you find that coming out as people get their feet in the trenches? Yes. I mean, that's one of the values of this is right. you get a chance to do it without spending $100,000 right. getting their country. And so so you, you get a chance to do it. And absolutely, we've had people come up and say, at the end of it, I'm glad I went through this. I'm going to be so on mission in my church back home but I am not called to cross the culture. Hmm. I, I thought I was. I had yeah. visions. I had kind of, you know, kind of Jason Bourne, kind of theological Jason <laughs> Bourne. You know, the, yeah. uh, jump in through a window, bring Jesus with me. People will get saved. They'll write biographies about me. And mm-hmm. uh, and then they get into the hardships of it. And, and uh, and you know, it, and, and isn't this what Jesus said? You know, th- doesn't somebody kind of do a tally before they build a tower? Mm. Don't, don't they count the cost? Mm-hmm. And uh, Shouldn't you consider the cost mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and don't get swept up in the emotions of it, but, but recognize the, the responsibility you have to, to, your, to your supporters, to your sending church, to, to the people you're going to, to, to be prepared and ready for what, what you're doing and to ensure that that calling is legitimately God and not just um, a frustration with your home, frustration mm-hmm. with your job trying to escape something. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, 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 the whole concept of the assessment over an extended period of time, as opposed to just a, a four-hour behavioral interview or, or watching someone lead a Bible study, is, is I think is very, very critical to, to what you're doing. Um, tell us, I mean, I, I think the whole pre-field training is definitely a, a strong aspect of, of what's unique about To Every Tribe, but, um, but w- what else makes To Every Tribe uh, a unique mission agency? You know, I think one of the key answers to this and is that as a mission agency, we have this thing we call the eight phases. And I would say that's our unique component with the eight phases of Pioneer Church Plan. And what we've tried to do is lay out 
kind of a, a very simple set of, of principles to help you understand how to leave the United States, make contact with an unreached people group, and make disciples. And we've kind of boiled them down to these eight phases. And, and these eight phases, are, I think, are pretty straightforward, but yet they're pretty critical. And, uh, and I'll run through them really quick. Sure, yeah. Spend five hours on them, but, <laughs> but, but really quick. They are, first is just arrival. The, the reality is that a lot of people have a vision for going to the mission field, but very few people have a, a vision for staying. Mm-hmm. They know how to, they, they have they, they want to get something. That's right. And yeah. so they, they all they they spend all their time getting somewhere, but they don't spend time figuring out what do I do once I get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we talk about arrival. How what are the what are the types of contacts you need to make with this unreached people group so that they eventually invite you there to stay and live. And so we talk about that. We train you in that. Uh-huh. How do you how do you how do you arrive to make strategic contacts that invite you to stay? Because it's hard to make disciples if they don't want you to live there. Yes. And the mission, of course, is to make disciples, right? And and you want those disciples to self-identify as a local church. And then and then you move on to trust. Then if you once you get that invitation, how do you build trust with the leadership of that of that unreached people group? And there are things you need to do to build trust with them. Right. As you're building trust, you're doing what we call spiritual conversations. You're, you're learning about their worldview, their positions on creation, humans, God, these types of things, so that when you do share the gospel, you don't inadvertently uh, get syncretism. Right. Very good. Somebody can identify with what you're saying, but they interpret it totally different than mm-hmm. how you But you think you got to win there, and you didn't. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. so they've now added Jesus to their bad worldview, which you don't want to do. So we have these spiritual conversations, and out of those, we're hoping, praying, and and God does this, opens the door for the gospel conversations. And we talk about how do you share the gospel cross culturally, and then nurturing. This is the discipleship part, but we use the word nurturing because this is a young, fragile disciple mm-hmm. that has a lot to reconcile. In some cases, they've got some pretty rough pasts, and and so you're you're nurturing, you're investing in them. But then the next part of that, the next phase is you have to help them. Because for some, when they become Christians in their community, life doesn't get better. Life gets worse. It gets worse, yes. And so if you haven't thought that through when you go do evangelism in a cross-cultural context, as a missionary, you go cross a culture and you say, I'm going to bring Jesus, somebody gets saved, and then you didn't realize Mm. that someone got killed because of it. Mm-hmm. or someone's being tortured because of it, and, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, you better be prepared to help them and to care for them and to, and to give them biblical wisdom. Uh, because I've had many really strange questions asked to me that would never have been asked in, in the United States. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. uh, one becoming a Christian, and then the people that he was with said, listen, you can stay a Christian, but we're going to rape and kill your wife because of it. Mm. And then he said, well, what should I do? My wife's not a Christian. So I can, I can kind of identify with Christ, but then my unsaved wife goes to hell. Mm. I can also then kind of back away from Christ and save her. What mm. do I do? Oh, you, you got to be ready to answer that. Yeah. I mean, th- those are real questions birthed out of real context. Yeah. So, so we teach you how to help. And then the two more are discover. We help them discover. You got to help somebody discover their gifts. It's not natural for some cultures to think about having a gift and using it and 
you know, some caste system cultures. If you're low caste, you're always low caste. You don't have a seat at this table. So we're introducing new thoughts. So we got to, you know, about church and equality and, and things like that. So now we've got to help them discover their gifts and help them learn how to use their gifts because it might not be natural for them. Yeah. And then finally affirm. You, you're going to affirm them in their gifts, but eventually affirm leaders because in that process of nurturing, helping, discovering, you're, you're, you're sharing with them about the bride of Christ and the body of Christ, and you want them to self-identify. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then your kind of big act as a missionary is to do the affirmation of those, of those new leaders um, that will come. And, yeah. and so those eight phases, and I just kind of blew past them kind of quick there, but they're all intense, really marks, I think, the uniqueness uh, of our ministry. And that 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 is that is great. Um, there, there's something else that, that I'd like to ask you to, to comment on that uh, that I think uh, that sort of is is unique to what what you're doing, and that's in your distinctives. Um, I've never now there may be other agencies out there that that put this up front, but I've, I haven't seen it yet in this term. Uh, but in your distinctives, you talk about how. You know, theologically, uh, you know, we're reformed, we're baptistic. Uh, grace is a part of your distinctive prayer. Uh, the spiritual warfare that's there, the importance of pre-field training. We've already talked about the importance of church planting, the importance of team ministry. But in one of your distinctives, uh, you have martyrdom as mm-hmm. as a, not only a word there, but it's described. Uh, help help us to understand why did you put that there? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, first of all, just to kind of offer, uh, uh, this point as a, as a counterbalance, if someone's thinking, what are you going and down this crap, <laughs> you know, like, you know, who cares, rush the beach or rush, you know, storm the country there, you know, we're not pursuing death. No, okay? no. <laughs> you know, and, and we value life, right? I mean, life is important to us, but we value the gospel mm-hmm. and the, the unreached groups that are left and even recent situations have just shown us this mm. are sometimes very dangerous places. And, and the last thing we would ever want to do to a missionary is to lead them to believe that their missionary work might, you know, they might be able to look back after 50 years and there'll be 30 churches planted and 16 biographies written about them. It, it might be that your work will cause you to, to die. Mm. And, but that, that death is not a waste in the eye of God. Yeah. Um, giving your life for the gospel, there's no greater love than that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to just put that up front, um, not in a way of saying, hey, uh, you know, we're looking for guys that are like Marines that want to storm, storm the, the hill. And, uh, but what we're trying to just put out there is to say, we're asking you to consider the cost. Yeah. We're asking you to consider, that that this could cost you a child dying. Hmm. This could cost you your wife dying. This could cost you your husband dying. Um, this is the what the work is. We are advancing against the gates of hell, and uh, and 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 there's a cost. And so we put, we just want to put it out there. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when you look through the scriptures, it was unusual. If there is no opposition, if there's no pushback, if there's no uh, possible chance to to loss uh, such as this, and so so I certainly appreciate appreciate you putting putting that up there and being being straight up on that. Yeah, I mean, just consider Paul's words: "I'm making up what's lacking in Christ's suffering." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a powerful statement. 
Very true. My, my guest on Strike the Match today is uh, the president and CEO of To Every Tribe, Steve Leston. And uh, we've been talking about uh, their organization, talking about uh, what they're doing. Uh, Steve, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, how, how can they find out more? How can they touch base with you? How can they find out about the organization? You mentioned Ekbalo. Where do they need to go? Yeah, so one place, kind of the one-stop shop to get uh, all the information, especially the Ekbalos, which are online for free. And if somebody wants to get them, churches want to get them, just let us know. We'll send them to you for and that's free. Your, that's your periodical. That's our periodical. God, I love and, it. I love it. You all need to check that out and get those. Yeah, it's not a magazine that just gives you kind of random data about our. Every issue is designed to uh, to equip the church to think missionally. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really important. So you can go to our website two t o two every tribe dot org. Um, I'm also on Twitter at at Steve Leston. At S T E V E L E S T O N. That is correct. Steve, thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Brother, keep up the great work of being a part of making disciples of all nations. Thank you. It, it was genuinely an honor. Thank you, J.D. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Penn. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app, or at iTunes, and we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.